Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is Therapy Thursday and it's time to welcome back our resident psychotherapist, Tony Knight, to the show. How are you, Tony? Terrific, Louise. How are you doing? Going really, really well. Now, today we're talking about something that I think will resonate with a lot of people and that is the psychology around money. Yes, it impacts every decision we make about money, whether we're aware of it or not. So good to know. It certainly is. And I guess everyone has their own money stories. And it's really interesting. Before we went on air, um, I was sharing with you that this is something that has been coming up for me in the last couple of weeks. So I really appreciate um, us, you know, I I realise that other people are listening, but thanks for the therapy session uh, because... No worries. It certainly is. There is a whole psychology around money and about how we uh, talk to ourselves about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that there's so many factors that impact our decisions around money. I feel we won't get enough time to cover them all, but, you know, in this segment, but we can get back to it another time. Yeah. Yes, it's true. And it's everything from our past and what we learned from our parents and other significant people in our life around, you know, what's important, what matters with regard to money. Um, It's about our emotional life and how we, you know, may use money to feel better, having money or spending money to feel better. It affects, you know, our career decision, our savings plans, our views of what to put away for the future or not as it happens for most of us. Uh, And also these really interesting things called cognitive biases, which people may have heard of, but cognitive biases are also the very typical ways that human beings are quite irrational, not rational. Um, And there's reasons for that and it's very human, but they impact our financial decisions as well. Yeah, 100% they do. And, you know, just just going through that, I can think of – instances where, for example, let's take the, you know, we use money to feel better. I mean, who hasn't, who hasn't self-soothed during the pandemic with uh, a bit of online shopping? And I saw (laughs) one meme that said, I've spent so much sitting on my lounge that I don't know what I'm actually getting from the postman each day. And if he delivers a llama, I won't be surprised. But (laughs) but it certainly is uh, something that we do, isn't it? We call it retail therapy and we're quite flippant with it, but it can actually have devastating effects when we when we spend money that we don't have and things like afterpay yeah. and uh, you know being able to to get our hands on stuff that we don't actually uh, have the liquid funds for at the time can wind us up in a lot of trouble and yeah it's it's all about feeling better and it does for that ten seconds but long term mm-hmm. it's actually creating a bigger yeah, yeah. problem yeah. Yeah, and you've hit the nail on the head, Louise, right there is that difference between the impact it has in the short term and in the long term. And that actually relates to a cognitive bias right? because it turns out that our little human brain 
isn't very good at being able to take ourselves into the future and imagine what our future's like. Now, we can do it if we really sit and think about it, if we're prompted to do it, but it's not something we typically do a lot of from day to day. You know, our human brain is very much a present moment, here and now brain, a survivalist, short-term thinking brain. And spending money to feel better, yes, you know, when you, when you spend money and when, you, when that llama arrives, you get a little bit of a, a hit of dopamine, a feel-good chemical in the brain that is actually a, a motivator to do things to, to help us survive and feel good. Uh, and I guess, you know, anyone would say that in small amounts, spending money, you know, to get those little bits of wellness, to get that little hit here and there is not a problem until, of course, it gets out of control. We do too much of it and we rely too much on spending money to feel good. And, of course, that's when it comes home to roost later on when we find ourselves with a mountain of possessions, most of which we're not using, and a pile of debt. Absolutely. And, you know, I I know that... I've done that in the past and I have spent money that I do not have to make myself feel better and you're right, I'm not looking to the future. I'm not going, Mm -hmm. do I need to spend this $400 in Kmart on this stuff that won't last probably a year and then, you know, that $400 could have been put into super and, you know, and then I'll be comfortable at the end of my life because we all have this moment where we we all go, oh, YOLO, you know, you only live (laughs) once. And that is true. But we've got to think about living at the end of our lives as well and setting ourselves up for that. And you're exactly right. We get caught up in this day-to-day, if I just buy this now, I'm going to feel great and that's this moment taken care of. But we're not looking at um, at the the long-term picture. And also yes. looking at the fact that that happiness is extrinsic. So mm-hmm. if we're doing that, then what is it within us that isn't happy that we feel like we need to feed it? Yeah, yeah. You've raised a whole range of really interesting points, Celeweez, and we could talk about this all day. We really <laughs> could. Um, it's, it's the bane of um, financial planners everywhere you know, that we have this short-term thinking and that we're not thinking about our future selves. And you're right, we do kind of go YOLO as a kind of a a justification. Uh, Interestingly enough, that thinking brain of ours, the, 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 the part of our thinking that we're actually aware of, now most of our thinking we're not aware of, but the part that we are aware of, it's really interesting how we think of ourselves as being so rational. And so we'll come up with an explanation or, you know, like, a reason, if you like. We only live once, so we might as well, you know, spend the money and enjoy ourselves now. But it turns out that that's probably just a cover story for what is going on deeper in our minds subconsciously. In other words, we're not aware of it, where we just have this impulse to feel better in the short term. And then our thinking brain comes in and kind of acts like it's truly wise and goes, well, you know, there's a reason for that. It's about you only live once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, yeah, it it really does make sense. I mean, what we'll do is we'll take a short break, but when we come back I'd love to talk about uh, what money stories can sort of tell us about the areas that I guess are 
need a little bit of attention within mm-hmm. ourselves when we see mm-hmm. these behaviours um played out and uh it's an absolutely fascinating discussion and i i will admit completely triggered but this is great because (laughs) if i'm triggered i'm sure a lot of people who are uh you know watching out the window for their package right now probably are as well so this is what it's all about growth does not sit in comfort does it tony Mm -mm. (laughs) so wise louise you're so wise (laughs) I'm not. That's why I have you. We'll be right back with Tony Knight here on Therapy Thursdays on The Juice. Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. We're back on Therapy Thursdays with our resident psychotherapist, Tony Knight. And as I mentioned in our first segment, this topic has been coming up for me personally a lot in the last few weeks. And that is around money stories and the stories that we tell ourselves. And Tony, we have quite, a lot of us have quite an elaborate money story that was programmed a very long time ago for a lot of us. Yep, we really do. So the money story, or I guess our programming, if you like, around money starts pretty early in life and, you know, continues to be developed as we grow up. And of course, that story is given to us by the the powerful adults in our lives, the influencers. Um, the thing about that story is that it has a powerful influence over our, our money story. So, you know, the way that we save, spend, use money. But it's something that we're largely unaware of most of the time. So it kind of runs like a computer program in the background. And, you know, it can include things like, you know, um, I'm not worth much. It can be things like money's really hard to come by. Things like I have to work really, really hard if I want money. On the positive side, it might be, you know, money comes really easy to me. Um, I love money. I don't know. None of these are kind of, you know, right or wrong per se, but the kinds of stories that we tell ourselves have a very powerful impact on the decisions that we make. And I guess the most challenging part of that is that if we remain unaware of those stories, they impact our money decisions in ways that kind of confound us, that leave us, you know, shocked that we made certain decisions around money. The good news, though, about those stories is that if they're not working well for you, if you feel you have a what might be called an unconscious core belief around money that's unhelpful, some people call them schemas around money that are unhelpful, they can be changed if you are aware of them and want to, you know, actively work on changing that. You're exactly right there. And these money stories... uh in, in the past two weeks, um, you know, when when this this stuff has come up for me, I've really had to have a look and it's quite confronting uh, when something that's unconscious actually comes to the forefront and it's like, okay, you need to deal with this now. And, um, you know, the stories around coming from that place of lack that I don't have as much as anyone else or that I'm doing all this work and I'm not being remunerated properly for it, um, 
it ties back to self-worth and, you know, so there's so many things that you can look at the way that you, uh, your relationship with money and it tells you a lot about yourself and things that you need to, to have a look at uh, around self-worth and around that lack mentality and, and that sort of thing. And as you say, it isn't right or wrong, uh, but it's just, is it working for you? Yeah, absolutely right. So um, the first step, I guess, to, you know, if you think that they're not working for you is to try to become aware of what they are. And if you're paying attention, if you decide to bring your money decisions to your conscious awareness, you do start to discover fairly quickly what those unconscious core beliefs around money are. And you're quite right in saying they're very tied up in your beliefs about yourself and your place in the world and what kind of a world this is. Um, And, you know, if those beliefs are unhelpful, then it is good. It is worth spending some time bringing some of those stories into your conscious awareness because that's really, that's probably the place where most people are going to be able to, to make a change. And so the first step to doing that really is looking historically at some of your financial decisions, you know, Asking yourself, you know, are you satisfied with how much money you're making? What are your spending patterns? How much are you spending versus how much you're saving? Do you have a budget? Are you even aware of how much you're spending or saving? How much does this all matter to you anyway? Again, there's no right or wrong answers here. It's really just about whether the results in your life currently are you know, helpful to you? Uh, Are they getting you where you want to go? Do they reflect the kind of life that you want to have? And if the answer is no, then starting to get some answers to these questions is going to be really enlightening. Mm. Okay. So, Tony, someone comes to you in a therapy session and there's obviously they've had some awareness that there's a money story that's running in their head or a program, as we've talked about, that's running in their head that is unhelpful. What advice would you give someone who wants to change their thinking around money? Hmm. So there's a number of different approaches you can take, and I think that it's going to depend a lot on whether those uh, money stories are related, you know, simply, I guess, to conditioning. You know, their everyday life is, you know, going reasonably well, but they just need a little bit of a you know, a change there versus people who may, you know, those money stories might be connected to some really much bigger, deeper issues, you know, and they may be struggling in life. So for those people, I would be guiding them through a process of helping them to talk to their parts. And that's going to be a very interesting discussion that we can have sometime in the future about all our different psychological parts and how we can actually get to know them and have conversations with them. So I would take that approach for some people, parts work. For people for whom perhaps it's, you know, it's life's pretty good and they're just wanting to start to, you know, make some a few changes there, I would be asking them what kinds of attitudes they do want to have towards money. So, you know, if they're recognising that their money store is not working well, what is the story that they want to tell themselves? So it's really about moving to a much more positive story. And while that story at first is not going to feel familiar or even comfortable to them, it's important to recognise, as we've said on this show before, that the feeling is going to follow the action. And so you can't expect your new stories, your new better stories about money to feel good prior 
to you actually using them in your life. Mm. And so I would be asking people the question, okay, if this is the story you want to have about money, and let's say, for example, it's about, you know, wanting, recognizing that they want to provide for their future. In other words, they want to feel like they're a responsible person taking care of their, their partners, their kids' financial future. Okay, that might not feel easy or even natural if they're a YOLO kind of person. Mm-hmm. But we go, okay, given that that's what you want to adopt, what does that mean in terms of your behavior? So what would that look like? And so it's about getting a lot more specific about the kinds of decisions they want to make. So, you know, presumably that's going to be about saving some money, perhaps reducing expenses, perhaps even looking at seeing a financial advisor or, you know, doing some research on some good investments. Now, whenever you start changing your strategies, I always recommend to people, start small, Mm. have a good decision-making framework in mind because you don't want to be making too many big decisions at this stage. So a few small decisions can, you know, add up to some really positive benefits. You don't have to turn your life upside down necessarily. Few good small decisions uh, with the right research and advice and support behind you. And basically keep doing that and experimenting with it. So I always say to people, change is experimentation. It's not set in stone. Mm. If it's not working for you, you change the strategy that you're using. And only then later, after you've done this for a while, will that story about yourself start to change. It's a slow mover. Mm. And that the strategies, you can move much, much sooner. And that's because you value financial responsibility as opposed to feeling like you're a responsible person around money. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And it's it's about doing those little things and those little actions that are all going to add up to changing a mindset. If we just sort of throw everything up in the air and go, okay, my money story sucks. I'm going to change all of this stuff. It's like a New Year's resolution, isn't it? It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't stick because, you know, our brains can't handle that amount of change. But if we recognise mm-hmm. it and then we start making tiny changes – um, you know, I'm just thinking out of an example uh, of something that I did yesterday and that was I went through all of my subscriptions and I worked out what I used and what I didn't and I stopped the ones that I didn't because we don't even think about that. They just roll over and they hit our accounts and it's after they've taken the money out for a year that we go, oh, I don't use that anymore but there's $150 I don't have. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's a really good example, Louise, of, you know, recognising that change is about a lot of small decisions mm. and just building gradually. And you're right, if we make too many changes, it can be hard to sustain those changes. And so mm. I always recommend to people, unless you absolutely have to take big action, to, to just take small actions and they do add up over time. And money's a really great example of where little bits of savings here and there can mean that you have a whole lot more without feeling like you're missing out in life, like you've sacrificed too much. Because, you know, if you feel like you've sacrificed too much, you know, that feeling is going to prompt you to, to break your commitments. It's, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, and so what you want to do is make a, a series of small sustainable changes that add up to something that really 
you know, makes a, a big positive difference. Yeah, I love it. Tony, this has been a fascinating discussion and you're right. It's one that we could we could talk about for days uh, because days. There, are, there are so many <laughs> layers to it. Uh, but I've loved the advice that and the explanations that you've given on this topic. And if this is sort of, you know, ticking a few boxes for you and it's something that you want to have a look at, you know, go and talk to a psychotherapist and work out what your money story is and then take small steps to see how you might like to change that. Um, such an important thing uh, to get mm. on top of and one that comes up in a lot of people's lives and shows up in a lot of different ways. And particularly coming out of this pandemic, we have been coming from a place of lack and, you know, it, so it's very easy to slip into that mindset and make some stupid decisions and get llamas delivered uh, accidentally <laughs> that we've done at 3am. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you regret that one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, you know. Uh, but I thank you so much for bringing this to the table and I love that we talk about real subjects that really impact people's lives and and bring that into conscious awareness. It's very important. So thank you once again for joining us on The Juice. My pleasure.